You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah from Fifth Quarter and Nick as well from Fifth Quarter, I guess you could say. Um, you know, Nick, we just got done wrapping up Georgia Tech here. Now we're on to Louisville. So our sixth team of the conference previews we are doing. And this is a Louisville team that took a huge step back from what was a huge step forward in 2019 from 2-10 and 10 in 2018 to 8-5. and five back down to four and seven. This was a team that I genuinely am a huge fan of. Obviously, I had them much higher than most folks have the cards um, in my overall ACC projections. I have them also a little bit higher just in terms of wins. I believe I have them at eight and four. So that's a lot higher than most folks have them. I love Malik Cunningham. And I think last year they just, I believe that turnover margin balances itself out. And last year, they were just unlucky when it came to turnovers. Eventually, you're going to fall on some fumbles and everything like that. So, you know, this is a team that lost a tight one with Virginia, lost a tight one at Boston College, lost a tight one at Notre Dame, lost a tight one at Pitt. I mean, the list can kind of go on. The Miami game was not a blowout by any means. Miami pulled away late on that one. So, this is a team that was pretty much right there. I mean, they do lose some big pieces with 2-2 Atwell and Javion Hawkins, but I think the defense is going to take a huge step forward. And I love that the offense is returning pretty much the entire, and by when I say pretty much, every single person on the offensive line uh, is returning. That was a starter. There's a chance there's a junior who might actually beat out one of the starters last year, uh, Trevor Reed. He was out for most of the year last year, if I remember correctly. So, you know, that's going to be huge for them because, you win games in the trenches, so I think at the end of the day, you lose some key skill position players, but I think Jalen Mitchell's a great freshman to kind of fill that 2-2 Atwell role, and Justin Marshall is a great receiver on the outside for them. So I think this could be a year where things play out pretty well for Louisville, and I'd argue their schedule, though their out-of-conference is actually pretty tough. Their in-conference schedule, not terrible. Not a terrible in-conference schedule, getting Duke from the Coastal, so in Virginia, which again, we don't, you know, I think we're both thinking Virginia is better than some of the experts say, but it's not like Virginia is a world beater by any means on the coastal front. So you, you avoid North Carolina, you avoid, avoid Miami, you avoid Pitt. So I'd call that a win for the Cardinals schedule as well. But what are your thoughts on the cards this year? Uh, my thoughts are first, the, uh, to start off with the schedule, I think it's a little sneaky hard. Uh, obviously the outer conference is going to be very sneaky hard Ole Miss. That's a high scoring offense. I know Louisville is too, but Ole Miss is very high scoring uh, UCF, another scary team. And then rivalry week, Kentucky, that's a very underrated team as well. They can put up some points too. So your out of conference is very sneaky good. And I think what benefits them is like you alluded to, is the crossover with the Coastal. You get the, what I believe is the worst team in the Coastal Division in Duke. And then Virginia, while I think they can be good this year, they're not, you know, UNC, Miami, Pitt, or even maybe Virginia Tech, depending on how they do. Um, but again, we said it before, the Atlantic Division is going to be 50-50 a lot of the time. And I think uh, Louisville has the offense to do it. I agree with you that their defense is going to step up in a big way this year. My only concern is, and I've been on this train before, 
is Scott Satterfield in it with the program? We talked about it before. We talked about how he almost wanted out kind of, he wanted to, he was like looking at South Carolina. He was looking at these other teams. He made that, Oh, the airport is three minutes from campus comment. Uh, meaning like, Oh, people took that like, Oh, he wants to leave. He wants to leave as soon as he can probably go on to a better program. I think if there's any drama at all within the locker room with the coach and the players, we could see something where the, Players just turn their backs like they did a few years ago, and they went two and ten before Scott Satterfield showed up. That's my only problem. That's my only concern. If you start off and let's say you pull off the pull off the upset against Ole Miss, and pull off the potential upset against UCF, you start off three and zero going to that Florida State game. You're sitting pretty good going up against Florida State, Wake, Virginia, getting a bye, and then Boston College. So I don't know. If you're Scott Satterfield, you better have it with the program right now. That's my only concern. Other than that, I expect them to improve a lot. I think, I like I said, their defense is going to improve a lot as well. Sneaky hard, but I think you get a little break with the crossover in the Coastal Division. Yeah, one thing, too, that I just now noticed and that I think, again, you can look into it as much as you want and make a big deal out of it, but I don't know if you saw this, but Louisville plays their first three games are in an actual 11-day span. They play on September 6th. 11-day span? Yeah, 11 days. Yeah, September 6th. That's a Monday. That Labor Day mm-hmm. game still miss. They play Saturday the 11th against Eastern Kentucky. I mean, not too much of a concern. Then a Friday night against UCF on the 17th so you're talking about really an 11 i mean if you count the sixth and 12 day but either way not much time off between games in terms of just like refreshing your legs again i think the eku game you know that game might end up being a little bit closer than the odds might say just because they might rest some guys because they're going to be banged up playing a short week there and then having a short week to prepare for ucf after that so that's something to kind of take note of especially with after those three games, you go to Florida State and Wake back-to-back and win at Virginia, so not guaranteed wins by any means. So I could see your argument about the quitting, too, even playing a little bit more of a role into that because, you know, fresh legs might just, again, maybe downfall them at, at Florida State or at Wake Forest. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. I mean, it, it's definitely a cause for concern. I mean, we're three years removed from, you know, the Bobby Petrino quit season, but I think that Scott Satterfield, again, I mentioned this and I've heard this on, you know, podcasts and just around the country. He's just a bad liar. You know, a lot of coaches will do this stuff where they'll look and Satterfield just didn't know how to respond. And unfortunately he said some really dumb stuff, but I think he's committed to being there. I think at the end of the day, like, you know, you can't, again, these, I would like to think these kids can understand um, because Scott Satterfield has never bashed kids for the transfer portal. So I kind of feel like it's one of those things too. Like if, if players can leave in the portal and coaches can leave for better money, then that's how it should be all the way around. Like, you know, I love the hypocritical coaches like, Oh, these players, you know, just leave all the time. It's like, yeah. Okay. But you would also leave for a better job and better money. If it came to you too, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be okay, but it's definitely something that creeps in the back of my mind. I guess I want to talk about the offense here, Nick. 
I mean, this offense really disappointed me last year. I mean, really disappointed me. I remember last year when they lost that Notre Dame game. Like, if you would have told me that Louisville held, held Notre Dame to 12 points, I would have assumed Louisville won. <laughs> and they lost 12 to 7. Mm-hmm. This is a team that, I mean, again, should have been putting up – not should have been. That's maybe a little – but I should have seen them at least around 21 pretty much every single game. And, I mean, they were pretty close to that on, on a game-by-game basis. But when their defense was the way it was, it definitely was – Took a, took a step back, and like I said, they just could not hold on to the football. They put their defense in some short situations. I mean, there's no way this offense doesn't improve, at least in the turnover margins. At least I sure hope so. If they don't, then this could be a 2-10 season for the Cards. Yeah, it could be. You never know. I have high hopes for the offense. I don't know what happened last year, but when you have a quarterback like Malik Cunningham and – there's really nothing you can do to stop him. Um, but the only thing stopping Louisville is Louisville, I believe, going into this season. That's the only thing stopping them is themselves. So you go six and six, win your bowl game. Hell, you could pull off seven and five, maybe eight and five. That's a great season. That's a great bounce back. I think this team is capable to do it. Uh, it's just a lot of 50-50 games here with Florida State, Wake, BC, and even Kentucky too. Uh, who knows where Kentucky is going to be? I know that they're going to be sneaky good this year, but November 27th is a long way away. So we'll see what happens on rivalry week. But anyway, we'll see what happens. I'm laughing at Kentucky fans. I think they're going to be 10 and two this year. I've no, that's not going to happen. Too, that have them like second in the SEC East, just behind Georgia. And I'm like, Am I missing something? Like, I didn't think they took that much of a step forward from last year's team. And, yeah, they beat NC State in the bowl game, so can we really talk as ACC fans? But let's be honest. They beat NC State because NC State was in shambles at that point last year. Like, I just – I it still bothers me to this day how bad NC State played against like, – I would argue that NC State played worse against Kentucky than Wake Forest did against Wisconsin. Wake Forest threw like five interceptions in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it no, was. I agree. So, again, one thing, too, I want to point out before we talk about the defense, and I don't know if you saw this transfer. It's one. Of, it's probably my favorite. I guess you like to use the word sneaky good. It's probably one of my favorite sneaky good transfers in the entire country, let alone in the ACC. And, you know, Shy Wirtz from Georgia Southern, he was the quarterback there in that option system. He's actually at Louisville enlisted as a wide receiver. So I really want to see what they do with that. I would love to, again, kind of what we saw with Virginia last year. I mean, Keaton Thompson is a lot taller and a lot different of a player than Shy Wirtz is, but I would love to see, you know, it where Cunningham is in, at, the, at the quarterback position. You've got running back filled by Jalen Mitchell, and then you've got Shy Wirtz motioned into the, you know, into the backfield and a threat to throw the football. That would be so much fun. Or to run the option with them, like what they, what they run at Georgia Tech or Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern. That would be so much fun to see. So I, I'm I'm excited to see how Louisville utilizes him. Uh, I think he could be someone that could create a little bit of a matchup nightmare. I mean, talent wise, he's obviously not the great. I mean, he would if he was that good of a quarterback, he would come in and start. But you know, at the same sense, like. It's not bad when you have a former FBS, you know, starting quarterback and 
a program like Georgia Tech, Georgia Southern, excuse me, is well respected in you know college football for a group of five team. So I'm excited to see what they do with him. But transitioning over to the defense, I mean, this has got to be C.J. Avery's team to lead. He's the middle linebacker. He's a senior. He's by far the one piece that I look at and feel very comfortable in with Louisville. I think, you know, their their front is going to be something interesting to watch. I like Yaya Dabi. I think he's going to be something that you can really keep an eye on. I like that they return both defensive ends, but this is a team, again, Nasir Abdullah, who's also a very solid piece of linebacker. I want to think that Trey Clark and Chandler Jones are going to take the step forward and each in the secondary to limit these big plays. I mean, maybe it's a college football thing. I don't deep dive every college football team like we do the ACC, but it sure feels like, especially on these things we were reporting, we always look at can the secondary avoid the big play? Can the secondary avoid the big play? Can the secondary avoid the big play? And I feel like that's a big concern with Louisville again. I mean, last year, their pass defense was actually really, really good. So if they can kind of limit that and kind of slow the run game down, I think they're going to be in good shape. The one thing that gets overlooked last year with Louisville was their poor defense was in the top 50. And considering how many short field situations they were in throughout the season, that's really great. I mean, you look at Louisville last year, people go, oh, their defense must have been terrible that they were losing so many games, giving up 30 and, and 31 and, and 42 and you know, so on and so forth. But again, the offense was putting them in absolutely terrible situations. So I think, again, that if the field position just improves in general, I mean, they're going to be in, in a great spot. I mean, last year, their defensive's uh, average field position was at the 34-yard line. That's not good <laughs> at all. The team only has to go 60-some yards to score a touchdown. So definitely something to keep an eye on for that defense. But at the end of the day, this defense seems like a very middle-of-the-pack ACC defense, which, you know, I feel like there's a lot of middle-of-the-pack defenses in general in the ACC. But in the end, the, the linebacking core and being able to slow down the run game is the biggest thing. because I think the secondary is good enough to continue to limit the big plays on, on the pass game because, again, you're going to be facing some teams that can throw the ball with Boston College, with Wake Forest, you know, with Florida State if Mackenzie Milton is what he is, Ole Miss. So something to definitely keep an eye on uh, for the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think if I think if the defense can step up, we could see a really good Louisville team. I mean, we have two high power offenses going up against each other week one, and we know Ole Miss is very, very, very far behind on the defense. And I think game one is going to tell a lot because even though Ole Miss's defense is down very bad, uh, although it should be improving, I mean, you can't get any worse than you were last year. If your defense can hold up against Ole Miss's probably top 10 offense in the nation, you're set to go almost. You could get eight wins. You could pull off eight or nine wins. It's not impossible with this schedule. It's not impossible with your offense. Week one's going to tell a lot. It really will. So I think the great the game you got to schedule or circle, I mean, is against Ole Miss. I got a question for you since we, you know, obviously kind of given our predictions and everything already in terms of our ACC review and we've deep dive, you know, these guys a little bit. What would you 
what would you rather happen since we're both not Louisville fans? Obviously, we cheer for the conference. We're coming more to a conference approach. Well, throughout the Kentucky games, that's an every year thing. We're always going to cheer for the ACC. Which would you rather have? Louisville beat Mississippi week one in Atlanta or beat UCF week three? I'm leaning week three. I'd rather beat UCF. I know that's crazy, but I feel like if you beat Ole Miss and lose to UCF, you've almost like wiped out the Ole Miss win in a sense. Though it'll say that's a fluky win. Or if you lose Ole Miss, everyone's kind of expecting it, where the UCF game is a little bit more of an expectation for Louisville to win that one comparatively to the Ole Miss game. I think I agree with you. I'd rather them beat UCF and as a conference, I don't want like people saying the ACC is soft. They have no teams. I mean, put you, they should, I'm tired of the whole thing about UCF should replace Wake Forest or they should replace Syracuse or any other school. Uh, I would much rather them beat UCF and establish being a power five school that can beat any group of five, anytime, anywhere. Um, I think it would be weird. I think it would be kind of funny though, that if they beat Ole Miss and then lose to the UCF, it's like, okay, well, we just beat the best offense probably in the SEC, maybe number two. And we just lost to UCF who again, I mean, UCF's no scrub, but I much rather have Louisville be, I think Louisville fans would tell you too. You have to pick Ole Miss or, or UCF. I think most Louisville fans would tell you UCF because we want to avoid the whole group of five situation. Absolutely. I agree. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, next up on our previews will be Miami. Nick, as always, I appreciate it. It just means a little bit less here in ACC country and go ACC.